You're listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. We here at the Plano Chamber are working hard on our 2021 events now. We would love to partner with you as a sponsor, buy virtual tables for your employees, and many other ways. We'd love to connect with you and get you more information on how you can partner with us on these great events. Find out more at planochamber.org or contact any Plano Chamber staff. Well, hello and thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse. I'm Kelly Marcellus, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Steve McSwain with Art of Travel, the 2021 Board Chair of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. We're excited to get started and introduce today's guest. Russell Dupree is the founder and chief operating officer for LifeBlue, an award-winning digital agency based in Plano, offering web design, marketing, SEO and SEM, and other consulting services. Prior to joining LifeBlue as an account manager in 2006, Russell earned his BA from University of Missouri at Columbia and went on to serve in the United States Air Force. In addition to sitting on the Plano Chamber's Board of Directors, his community involvement includes volunteering with Friends of Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy and Junior Achievement of Dallas. Russell, thanks so much for being here today, and thank you for your service. It's my pleasure. Great to have you here today, Russell. Um, Could you give our listeners, that was a a very extensive uh, and impressive introduction by Kelly, um, but can you uh, give us an introduction into LifeBlue and how you and your team serve your clients? Absolutely. So I would say to start off, we classify ourselves as a full service digital agency. Uh, to break that down a little bit further, um, we have a strong emphasis on technology. Uh, so we build digital brand plan, pla- brand platforms, as we like to call them, or, or websites. Uh, and then we also dive a lot into digital marketing. So not only just building the sites, but helping our clients bring folks to the, to the table, so to speak. And so that ranges from organic online marketing to add media purchasing. And then the big popular one these days is content marketing and content strategy. Uh, more recently within the last year, we have um, got into our kind of a first out of the box software or um, product, if you will, and created a piece of technology called Turnstyle, which is a um, e-ticketing and e-commerce purchase experience for arts and cultural institutions as well as uh, sports teams. Um, and so we have some local organizations and some organizations even internationally at this point that are, that are using that technology. Well, one of the really interesting things about LifeBlue that I, that I learned early on when we met Russell is that you're a certified B corporation. Can you walk us through what that means um, and what, what that means for your business and your customers? Sure, absolutely. So a certified B corporation is a concept. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been around, but it's uh, been at least probably about a decade or so since I at least first heard about it. Um, but uh, essentially, um, in a very layman sense, it basically means uh, you're, as a business, you balance uh, the good of the world over, um, or at least balance it with, I guess you could say, uh, profit and uh, the, the financial side of things. Um, so it's a very extensive process to actually go through to get certified. I was quite unaware when we were first diving into it, uh, but they kind of rate you on a number of categories uh, from environmental impact to uh, kind of how you're involved in the community. And then a lot of things surrounding kind of employment practices and things like that. Uh, so our two big ones were uh, employment practices and, and how we um, treat our team, and as well as um, given some of the work we do with uh, other companies in the community and, and help them with their, their own impact. 
Um, but um, yeah, it's not necessarily something we necessarily set out to, to do or become. Uh, it's really more of a validation of the work we really started with a, a very long time ago. Uh, from, from very early on in the get-go, we knew we wanted to be a place where people enjoyed working and, and really take care of our team. And then we also kind of evolved into really finding our, our niche a little bit and uh, working with clients that were, you know, in some respects, truly saving the world. You know, for example, one of our clients is Heifer International based out of Little Rock and, and they're trying to end world hunger and poverty. And so while we don't get to claim that is what we do, we at least get to feel good that we get to help in that process and, and then uh, fulfilling their mission. So um, yeah, uh, it's a good company to be in. Uh, you have a lot of great organizations that are, that are kind of part of this and hopefully it's a trend that continues to evolve. That's fascinating, uh, Russell. Um, very impressive. Um, so let's get to kind of current events. Um, the pandemic obviously has affected everyone, uh, some positively, some negatively. Um, in your space, the web design and content services, how has the pandemic affected you and, and what kind of challenges or opportunities has it presented for you know, your business and your clients? Yeah, so I think like a lot of businesses, uh, March of March of 2020, you know, everybody kind of um, pulled back budgets, pulled back their business. And, and so we were definitely very quickly affected by that, um, just given a lot and being in the marketing space, uh, businesses didn't know what the future was going to be, obviously, and, and uh, we didn't know what the future was going to be. Um, and so very early on, when we saw that we, we weren't really so concerned um, with ourselves, we just kind of asked, what do our clients need right now? Um, and, and how can we help? Obviously, in a, in a pandemic world, where social distancing and, and really businesses shutting their door. Uh, you know, they needed to look to digital technology and their own web presence and different things like that on how they could uh, continue their, their business in any way whatsoever. Um, so we have a lot of clients that had, uh, were in the event type space and things like that, that, you know, just literally had to shut their doors. Um, and then some were maybe not as affected, but uh, so it really just kind of became an evolution of where can technology impact these businesses going forward, um, even post pandemic. Um, and so there was a lot of great things we were able to help with um, you know, and some of our clients that, uh, you know, about, I think it was about June when things started to open up a little bit, you know, starting to build technology for them. And that was a lot behind that uh, turnstile product I mentioned where, you know, timed entry and um, all the different things that kind of came along with opening up in a, in a pandemic world uh, that they just didn't simply have before. So we were happy to be able to, to contribute to that. Yeah, that is so important. We, you know, as a chamber, and I'm sure you guys had this conversation so much, we, we worked with so many businesses and talked with them about, you know, shifting to so much more online point of sale and, and things like that. So I could see that that would be um, something that you could really help our community with. But one of the other areas I know your team works in is accessibility and building inclusive sites, which I think is also um, very impressive. Can you give us a little bit more detail on, on what that means? Sure. So um, how many hours do we have? Uh, no, um, uh, accessibility in the last couple of years has really become the next evolution, I'd say, of web and digital technology. Um, so essentially, accessibility is making the web accessible for all. And when you really break down into the science of it, um, I can't remember the exact statistic off my head, but it's a very large number of people that uh, can't use the web like we would think of a normal, everyday, able-bodied person. So whether that's things like color blindness or actual blindness, um, uh, hearing issues and things like that, to even thinking more simply, um, 
right? A, a mother holding a baby in one arm um, and just, you know, how do you navigate a website with and, and navigate the web with one hand? Or, and there's all the various different um, disabilities and accessibility issues you could, you could think of. Um, so it's really just a very, like I said, intricate process to um, think through a lot of those situations. And it's so many subtle details from uh, color contrast uh, that you would place on a website um, how you even, you know, if you were to use your tab button, again, think of the one, one-handed concept, can you tab through the website? And so we actually do an exercise sometime of tell someone, you know, do this function on a website without a mouse. And so, um, you know, that, that can be a very complicated thing depending on how a website is built. Um, so there's lots of tools. And again, like I said, it's a whole science. We can walk through a process and we, we essentially institute in all our sites to, again, make the web as accessible uh, to a wide of audience as possible. Um, and you're even kind of starting to see in not so much in the United States, but even in other countries where it's becoming legal requirements um, or and we've even unfortunately had to help some of our clients through some lawsuit issues because of, of accessibility and things like that. And and so ultimately, it, you know, that's kind of the downside of it, but it's really a great practice to have. A lot of concepts and things behind accessibility are just good practices, even if you're talking about your organic search ranking, so tagging images. So, right, if you think of a blind person navigating through a site, um, they don't know what an image looks like. So that's where you tag your images. And that essentially explains that picture to um, someone that can't actually physically see it. So uh, it's really fascinating stuff every time I listen to presentation and, and conversations on it. Um, um, it's really, really exciting stuff. Fascinating, Russell. Um, you know, when it would be an insult to say, oh, yeah, um, Lightblue just builds websites because uh, there's so much more to it. And, you know, the more uh, time we spend with you, the more we learn how intricate and, and how in-depth it goes. So you, you mentioned uh, things in the past and the most recent 10 to 12 months during the pandemic. Can you uh, speak to emerging trends and what you might see on a go-forward basis in your industry? Yeah, so even going back to accessibility is definitely a big, big hot topic right now. Uh, I think the next biggest one is uh, maybe the the artificial intelligence component of navigating a website. And, you know, we see that a little bit in, in small ways, and I'd say it's not even overcomplicated, right? Facebook kind of self-selecting what we might see for content or even, um, you know, there's, there's other sites that have those components or, or like, you know, if you go on YouTube and you watch a video of cats, now all of a sudden you see... Uh, recommended all different kinds of cat videos. So that's really the kind of lowest level of, of where we see that going forward. Um, but I think, you know, where the technology is evolving extensively is, uh, you know, maybe the same way we might categorize someone on a Myers-Briggs level. Uh, sites are taking in information about how you're navigating not only their site, but uh, right, we're into the whole cookies thing and uh, essentially might classify you as a certain type of individual that um, yeah, you watched a cat video, but uh, if you watched a cat video, a dog video, and a cooking video, they might automatically recommend something completely different that you didn't see or want, but you've now kind of um, been categorized as this someone that might be interested in that type of thing. I hope they wouldn't recommend that you would cook dogs and cats. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, was, that would be an interesting combination. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. But uh, yeah, it kind of gets in the notion of tailored experiences to the individual. So we might not all experience the same website in the same way in the future. And that's that's kind of where that's headed. I think that also comes with an ethical and kind of moral responsibility. There's certainly some uh, dark practices that could go down to per se. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's kind of the way the world's going. It's uh, tailoring it to the individual um, in whatever capacity makes sense. Well, we have more questions for Russell, including how Life Blue creates a great work environment. We'll be right back with more Plano Pulse. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining the Plano Pulse podcast today. Please be patient with us, and you may hear a few imperfections as we record virtually. We look forward to getting back to recording in person soon. Enjoy. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're joined here today by founder and chief operating officer of Life Blue, Russell Dubree. Uh, thanks for joining us here, Russell. And thanks for having me. We did an interview with you, um, I think last July for our blog, The Chamber Buzz, and you filled us in on how your team was staying connected while working from home. And so I know we're kind of all at different stages of re-engaging in the office or being home, but how have things evolved now almost a year later? Yeah, so um, luckily for us, we were in a remote-friendly industry. And so kind of navigating to the remote environment wasn't, wasn't too typically difficult. We're, while we were very collaborative and, and really focused a lot on the collaboration process and the work we do, it kind of lended itself to the type of work we do rather nicely, I guess you could say. Um, but I think a lot of businesses started to, right, we start to do research and, and right, the businesses that were pure remote, they've got all this stuff down and, and they might be laughing a little bit, a business like ours that's trying to figure this out. But uh, we really go to what we call mimicry to effectiveness. So the instant thing we tried to do was, all right, everything we're doing in the office, how do we do it online and digitally? And for some things, that's pretty simple and standard and easy. And then some things are like, this really doesn't make sense. And so it kind of became a process of weeding out the, I guess you could say the ineffectiveness of, you know, things that, you know, I think everyone knows at this point, a Zoom happy hour isn't really uh, all that fun. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, different, different things like that uh, to, to kick out. Um, but really where we're at today, I think like a lot of places as well, probably embracing um, a more remote friendly office going forward. Um, you know, I think there is a day where, where we're like a lot of our folks to come back to the office, uh, but A, giving people the option um, if that's something they choose. And then, you know, in the process as well, haven't limited ourselves to talent when in terms of hiring that can only work in the, uh, the Dallas or Plano area, uh, North Texas, if you will. Uh, so we've started making hires that are working different parts of the United States and uh, we'll do that indefinitely. And so and we kind of certainly embrace that aspect. And then we have figured out how to have fun as a, as a group um, in a remote environment. So rather than doing things like Zoom happy hours, we've um, more embraced having, um, you know, perhaps a bartender come in and kind of give a mixology class uh, instead of a happy hour. Or oh, That's a great um, idea. Yeah, there's a lot of great services that have kind of come out of this. I think they did it just last week. They did kind of a murder mystery uh, thing through Zoom. Um, it's kind of one of our monthly fun activities. And then so many great tools out there. Obviously, there's the Zoom and Slack that we were always using before, but uh, you know, there's whiteboarding tools you can use in an online environment. So continuing to embrace those. Uh, so we might pay a lot more these days for digital tools, but it's, but it's kind of worth it as well. Well, I've been in your office. So if it were me, I would be rushing to get back because <laughs> it's, it's an amazing office space. But it's interesting, you know, some of the things that you said um, about being remote 
friendly, a lot of the folks we've been talking to, they seemed uh, with our businesses uh, on a return to work, it's not just about getting back into the office, but it's about childcare and some of the other things they rely on in order to be in the office. So I know it's all coming together, but um, it's, it's been interesting to see how many factors impact that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, I have older kids and so I got to, I have it a lot easier, but I could not imagine having navigated all that with, with a three-year-old or any, any uh, younger age uh, type of children, for sure. Yeah, who would have ever thought that a year ago we would be using the term remote fun, um, <laughs> but, it, but it's a reality. Having talked about what's happened in the, in the most recent past, the last year or whatnot, um, so where do you see LifeBlue, particularly in your space, going on, on a go-forward basis in terms of you know, expanding your uh, headcount and growing the business and, and increasing sales. Uh, what do you see in the, in the immediate and short-term future? Absolutely. So I think you're going to continue to see businesses uh, invest and focus on their, their digital technology and their, and their marketing efforts in that space. Uh, just like a lot of businesses and you kind of hear out there in the world that um, the pandemic didn't create anything new. It just fast forwarded a lot of trends that were already uh, kind of in place to happen. So we continue, continue, to, we believe we will continue to see that um, kind of, again, like I said, companies investing in, in their digital presence. And then um, I think one of the biggest things we learned is kind of, you know, a serve first mentality, ask questions later. Um, you know, that's really how you, um, I think, become a great business, probably live up to some of our B Corp values. And then I think the biggest thing is, right, adopting remote friendly practices. You know, even if we go back into the office more predominantly, one of the things I've, I've always kind of felt is that um, the practices you need to be successful in a remote environment are probably the same practices you need in an in-office environment. Um, and not to be not to get fooled by just the presence is I guess you could say results, but really what are people delivering? What do we have in place to communicate to be transparent, uh, and all the good things that kind of fall in line with a with a remote friendly business, even if it is in person. So um, continue to like I said, no, boil that down to a nutshell. I think continue to invest in digital technology and and likewise can continue to invest in our team and, and remote friendly practices. Russell, Steve and I have really enjoyed working alongside of you um, this year, uh, what has turned out to be a very odd year, um, as one of our newest board members for the Plano Chamber. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of why you wanted to get involved and what you hope to contribute to the Chamber through your work on the board? Absolutely. So we moved to uh, Plano area for, for our office, I believe early 2019. And uh, very quickly decided we wanted to join the chamber and, and be part of the community. And once kind of started diving in and attending some of those events, you know, saw such a great business environment uh, and, you know, wanted to be more than just a participant. And so I kind of felt compelled to jump in and, and contribute, honestly, in any way I could. Uh, I'm very passionate about small business, small business growth, or any type of business growth, really, but uh, especially the small business and its importance within the community. And, you know, whatever skills I have and, and knowledge I have and, and what also what I can learn for others, how do I get a lot closer to that? And like I said, it's, it's a journey and a process to figure out what that what that looks like. And, and every day trying to figure out more places where I can connect with others and, and learn about their uh, growth and opportunities and struggles of their business and, and likewise also share share ours. Great, Russell. Thanks. Uh, we're talking a lot of serious stuff here, business-oriented stuff, but um, LifeBlue also likes to have fun uh, in a variety of ways. As Kelly mentioned earlier, they're 
their actual physical office is is really cool. Um, but even your website, so you're in the website business. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but uh, you're in the technology business. So it's not a surprise that your website is enjoyable, engaging, uh, and has some uh, humor to it, uh, including the About Us section, where it introduces some of your team with fun photos and titles such as Dreamcatcher, Brainstorm Trooper, Purveyor of Awesome, which I find particularly interesting. Um, I want to be a purveyor of awesome. I, mean, that's, I strive for that, but I, I, I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable enough with putting that as my title. Um, so why don't you give us some insight into the culture of what you guys do at Life Life Blue and, you know, that, you know, what goes on around the office? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I don't know if, uh, like a lot of businesses, we, we joke about our website. Uh, what's the saying that uh, cobbler's kid has no shoes. We rarely give our website child uh, its shoes, uh, but I think we actually just relaunched uh, in the last couple of months and have been uh, probably four or five years since the last time we, we had really done a lot with our website. Um, you know, but from a, from a culture perspective, I think it just goes back to we want to do great work. We want our work to look good, but we also want it to deliver on value. Um, and so really that comes down to we, we are our service businesses. Uh, our, our team is our, our core, if, if you want to look at it that way. And um, the first thing we do is just we have a very um, extensive, rigorous hiring process. Um, and we really hold a high bar on who we let on that. But primarily, we're looking for folks that really take their profession not just seriously, but I guess you could say passionately uh, and want to be really good at the skill they have. I always uh, liken it to what a thousand years ago, you had blacksmiths or sculptors and that was kind of their life's work. Well, we don't necessarily expect folks to have it's their life work per se, um, but they approach their work maybe in the same way a little bit. Once you kind of get a good group of people like that together, great things happen. Um, and that's where we, we get a lot of great aspects uh, in terms of having having fun, but also working hard in the process. Um, and I'd say the other thing is we do feel responsibility as a company to what we call the total person. And so not just being a place where, you know, our team provides outputs and then we provide a paycheck, uh, but how can we help engage and grow them in their future uh, career skills and, and desires uh, but also just um, from things. So once a once a week, and this is something we've we've been lucky enough to be able to transition to remote as well as we have what we called Life Blue University, and so we bring in speakers from ranging from things that are related to um, web and digital and technology to things completely outside of that, whether that be topics like uh, financial uh, investment advice to nutrition advice, um, trying to think of what we had recently. Um, you know, obviously something in our current environment is uh, inclusiveness and diversity and um, some of the racial issues. So we've had speakers come in on that. Um, so how can we kind of grow the total person? And ultimately our belief and philosophy is um, you kind of give more, get more. Um, and so we believe that finding those folks and making, keeping them happy, focusing on the total person uh, creates a lot of value for our clients, which creates a lot of value for LifeBlue and ultimately creates a lot of value for the individual as well. I don't know, Steve, I think we're going to have to come up with some names now. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely need your, your alter ego, maybe like awesomeness ninja or something. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> people are pretty creative. Russell, <laughs> Russell, you'll have to, you'll have to help us with that. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, before we let you go, I would love to know a little bit more about you and what you do to keep busy or have fun outside of the office or outside of work, I guess I should say, now that the office is a relative term. <laughs> yes. 
Um, I'm a pretty simple person. Uh, I've been married to my wife for um, 20 years. Uh, we have a daughter who just started college and a sophomore uh, son in high school. And, uh, you know, at this point, I've survived two new drivers. So I think I'm going to live. You know, I like reading, uh, you know, hence, hence a lot of the books in my background here, uh, traveling uh, when that was available, but even finding opportunities, any, any form of travel is good. Um, and then I still need to uh, scratch my competitive itch. So, so I play a lot of softball and basketball with, with a couple of different teams. Well, two comments based on the fact that I can see you and our listeners can't. And one <laughs> is he does have an immaculate bookcase behind him, uh, which I, I noticed early on because I don't have quite that level of organization, but two, you're going to have to share your aging secret as well, because to hear that you have a college age child you you're uh that surprised me so way to go <laughs> yeah I, I started young uh, I yeah. that, uh you can start young or you can start old just don't do both <laughs> unless you want i mean i guess it's you know whatever you want there <laughs> well that's great thank you so much russell for everything that you shared today um life blue has been one of my favorite companies to learn about since i got here you guys do amazing work and have a fantastic product um, and just thanks so much for joining us today and taking time to tell our listeners a little bit more about your great company and yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, thank you, Russell. We appreciate it. Uh, great learning about you personally as well as Life Blue professionally. Um, so this uh, podcast is brought to you by Plano Pulse. Uh, if you would like to support the chamber in this effort, please contact the team there at the chamber. Uh, we're always looking for sponsors to help bring Plano Pulse to our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please let us know what you think. Rate, subscribe, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Hey everyone, Kelly Marcellus here, your president and CEO of the Plano Chamber. Are you looking to kickstart your Friday morning with dozens of local business owners and professionals? Set your alarm and join us for our weekly business interchange meetings for virtual networking worth waking up early for. Meetings are held at 7.30 a.m. every Friday morning on Zoom. Join us and share your 30-second commercial promoting your business and be the first to hear what's going on with other local businesses. Visit planochamber.org to learn more and we'll see you next Friday. Friday.